You are listening to the number one Toyota truck and SUV podcast, Toyota Trucks and Trails, with discussions from restorations to racing, interviews with folks from all areas of the Toyota community, product and event reviews, and much more. We are sure to offer something for you, so sit back and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Jason Hoffman. Uh, flying solo tonight, Rich is a little bit under the weather, so I'm going to go ahead and try to do this myself. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it won't be uh, too terribly painful on people's ears, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Hope everybody had a had a happy new year, and things are going so far this good so far this this first week into the new year. Uh, I know I'm really looking forward to 2016. I've got a lot of lot of things planned for the year, and hopefully it'll be a <clears throat> be a productive and and Good year for, for myself and everybody else. A little bit about what's been going on in my world. This past weekend, New Year's weekend, uh, went on the uh, STLCA uh, annual New Year's ride. We had a had a great time, had a great turnout, um, somewhere between 15 and 20 trucks, uh, 30 people, including adults and kids, and uh, a pack of dogs that all seemed to get along fairly well. So that was that was great. Uh, Spent a couple of nights uh, cold weather camping in in the woods and and wheeling during the day. It was just a just a great time. Gave me an opportunity to uh, get out and, and try out a few things that I've done to the Forerunner re- recently. I got to uh, try out my my new storage box and sleep platform. Found out that uh, my sleep platform is not going to work the way that I I thought it was going to. I knew it was going to be a really really tight fit for myself to fit in there when I build it, but I was hoping that it would work out a little bit better than it did. But there's uh there's other options and I'm I'm still very happy with uh with the, the additional storage and and the ease of being able to get to things and and store things in a in a more organized manner than what it's been for for a very long time. So uh glad that I went ahead with with that project and was a little bit nervous about trying out the uh new 2 meter uh radio that I installed recently. Uh was hoping that I had done everything right with it and got the antenna set where it needed to be and that kind of thing and and uh, it seemed to work really well, so uh, I'm happy about that. I hope everybody else had a good time. I see on Facebook that the uh, Cottonland Cruiser guys uh, spent some time at uh, oh the off-road park in Arkansas. I'm drawing an absolute blank. I apologize, guys. Hot Springs. Hot Springs. I've seen on Facebook that, that several of them were at, were at Hot Springs, and uh, that was very cool to see. I hope, hope everybody else had a had an opportunity to... Uh, to get out and enjoy their Toyota in, in some form or fashion. Kind of leading into to my main topic tonight, I read an article uh, in Road and Track Magazine, and I will try to get a link to, to this article. I, I posted it on our Facebook page at Toyota Trucks and Trails on Facebook. There was an article in, in Road and Track Magazine about uh, whether Toyota needs to consider putting the Land Cruiser name on hiatus because of the direction that they've went and, and gotten so far away from a a utilitarian four-wheel drive to uh, just such a, a cush SUV with the 200 series. I asked for some comments and that sort of thing on Facebook and looking forward to, to what people have to say about it. I don't know exactly where I stand on it. I've, I've never really been around a 200 series, but I know that uh, that the model is definitely not as a utilitarian four-wheel drive as, as what it, the, the Land Cruiser is known for worldwide. That being said, I don't think any of the Toyota four-wheel drives are quite as utilitarian as as what they were in their original 
uh, Inception. But some feedback on that would be awesome. I'd, I'd <clears throat> love to hear what the listeners have to, to say about, about the direction that that Land Cruiser has went with the with the 200 and just kind of get a get a feel for what you all think. Moving on, I think I'm gonna gonna go ahead and just get right into the main topic. Uh, we had mentioned in our introductory episode that I I wanted to do a uh, a brief history on Land Cruisers and and, and Toyota four wheel drives in general. I'm not gonna get real deep into it tonight. Um, I've done a lot of research over the past couple of days and I and I've learned a lot. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that already know this stuff, but I'm also sure there's there's some that don't, and I, I hope the ones that, that don't know find it interesting. Land Cruiser, uh, or, or Toyota rather, has a very long history of building four-wheel drives and uh, a very, uh, very in-depth lineage over the years. Some could even say that, that the Land Cruiser brand itself actually saved Toyota back in the late 40s from from bankruptcy or from the research that that I've I've come across it to me is very very interesting stuff uh, and, and I hope you all enjoy um, I'm going to start out the main topic by playing a just the audio from a, a video that I came across it is a, a video that I believe was originally put out by Toyota I came across the video on a website called mistmyride.com. Um, if you guys have never checked out this website, it is very, very cool. Tons of information, tons of history, tons of tech information. There is a page with uh, links to other websites that have have tech information. I just I, I, I want to give a shout out to uh, to mistmyride.com. Um, I pulled a lot of the information that I'm going to talk about tonight from this website. And uh, it, it's just a really cool site. But with that said, um, <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and, and play this audio. It's only about three, a little over three and a half minutes. And uh, then I'll come back and, and discuss things a little bit. I hope you all enjoy it. In July 1941, Kiichio Toyoda, founder of Toyota Motor Corporation, expressed his dream to produce a Japanese car. His key aims were low price high performance and good fuel economy. Nearly 10 years later, the US Army invited Japanese car makers for a bid to produce a four-wheel drive truck. And so the Toyota BJ was born, although Toyota didn't win the bid. After the BJ prototype made an excellent impression by climbing to the sixth hill station of Mount Fuji, further than any vehicle had gone before, the Japanese police adopted it as a patrol vehicle and Toyota started production. In 1954, the Toyota BJ was renamed the Toyota Land Cruiser. In 1955, the Land Cruiser 20 series was launched. It was available with a metal roof and doors, as well as something quite astonishing for that time, air conditioning. In 1956, the Land Cruiser was the first mass-produced Toyota car to be officially exported to world markets, starting with Brazil and Saudi Arabia, followed by the Middle East, Southeast Asia and South America. Its toughness and go-anywhere capabilities were soon recognized and the Land Cruiser reputation started to spread around the world. In 1957, the US Army invited Toyota to bid once more. Again, the Land Cruiser was not selected, but this time, the superiority of the model was acknowledged in the United States. 
This convinced Toyota to enter the American market, and the first Land Cruiser was sold there in 1958. The first Land Cruiser in Europe also arrived in 1958 when the model was introduced at the Barcelona Motor Show in Spain. In 1960, the 40 series was launched. Production techniques were modernized and the vehicle was improved with the introduction of low ratio gearing for better acceleration and off-road performance. In addition, room for a third front occupant was made. The 40 series also marked the debut of a diesel engine. In 1967, the 55 series arrived. The Land Cruiser now made its appearance as a cross-country four-wheel drive vehicle, the first real station wagon. The 55 series was developed to meet American standards of safety and highway driving, but it retained its off-road capabilities for tackling rugged roads. In the 80s, the debut of the 60 series marked the start of Land Cruiser being seen not only as a workhorse, but also as a recreational family vehicle. This trend continued in the 80 series with the adoption of airbags and anti-lock brakes. The 100 series marked the introduction of the first Toyota V8 petrol engine, adding substantially more power to the Land Cruiser family. With more than 5 million customers worldwide, the Toyota Land Cruiser is the best-selling SUV in the world, and it continues to be a global success. It is currently manufactured in nine Toyota plants around the globe and is sold in 140 countries. The Land Cruiser is the most iconic car in the Toyota range and it has played a major role in Toyota's worldwide expansion. Over the years, it has evolved from a basic four-wheel drive utility vehicle into an upmarket SUV that pairs the go-anywhere capability of the original Land Cruiser with the refinement of a luxury passenger car. The all-new Land Cruiser V8 takes those values further than ever. Okay, that covers a very brief rundown of Toyota Land Cruiser history. I, I found that video kind of interesting. Again, you can you can find it and a ton more information on uh, MissMyRide.com. Uh, along with that, in their history section, they, they give a breakdown of each model that... Uh, that Land Cruiser has produced over the years give a lot of specs on different engines and things that were offered on them and when changes were made and, and that sort of thing. I'm not going to go through and, and read all that tonight. One thing that I was somewhat surprised about in the video is um, they did skip over a couple of models, models that I thought were very popular overseas at least, uh, one being the 70 series. They didn't even mention it, and I'm looking right now. Uh, the 70 series was introduced in, in uh, 1984, and to the best of my knowledge, is still being produced today. Uh, I remember reading an article um, some time ago that uh, it was just recently reintroduced back into to, uh, to Japan. Um, again, on on this website, they give uh, give some really interesting breakdowns of of different things that were offered and and uh, things of that nature on the uh, the different models. Um, one thing that that I did learn, I have heard of the uh, Land Cruiser Prado, but I had never heard of a uh, 90 series Land Cruiser. I was not aware that the Prado was uh, considered the uh, the 90 series. Uh, it was produced along alongside or at the same time as the 70 and, and 80 series for for a, a brief time. Um, 
Another interesting tidbit that I read reading through this stuff uh, that I was not aware of was the 80 series was actually produced until uh, 2008 in Venezuela. I had no idea that. I didn't know that they would, would carry on a particular model in a particular country. I found that, found that somewhat fascinating. Another thing that I found very interesting was the uh, some things about the 100 series. The, uh, the 100 series has a counterpart overseas called the 105 series. That particular model is, uh, is more of a, a repackaged 80 with a solid front axle, uh, basic same drivetrain, um, that sort of thing. Uh, it, it was obviously never never offered here in the States, but uh, it was offered overseas. I, I, I found that very very interesting as well. Along with doing along with doing research on on land cruisers themselves, also did some some research on on just uh, Toyota truck history. Couldn't find a video about that, so y'all just have to listen to me fumble fumble through and, and talk about a little of this. This this information I pulled uh, from a website called uh, ToyotaOffRoad.com. Um, some really interesting history stuff on on. Uh, history of the Hilux and, and of the, the Toyota truck. Uh, I'm going to take a minute here and, and read through some of this stuff. Again, I'm sure a lot of you guys know uh, a lot of this information, so it's it's just kind of redundant to you. But I, again, I'm also sure that there's some listeners out there that are interested in, in their particular model, have never taken the time to to research anything else and, and may not know the heritage that uh, they got their vehicle to where it is today. So let me go through some of this real quick. In 1964, the first Toyota pickup was available in the United States. It was a 4 by 2 pardon me, uh, and it, it was referred to as a Toyota Stout. Toyota did not offer a uh, four-wheel drive in the United States until 1979, but we, we will get to that in a minute. The truck overseas had, it was then, from what I understand, and it is, is still to this day referred to as the Hilux. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have, have heard of that, but uh, I, I thought I would throw that in. Re again, referred to as a Stout in the United States until 1976, uh, where it lost its, its basic name altogether and was simply referred to as Toyota's compact truck. Uh, and it was referred to that as that uh, from 1976 forward until the Tacoma came out. Um, again, in 1979, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this here. The SR5 option is now available on the truck. With its five-speed manual transmission and powerful engine, the SR5 was intended to appeal to a new type of customer, the sport truck buyer. The 1979 model change were the biggest yet. The emphasis was now on passenger comfort while retaining its reputation as a true workhorse. The truck came in two wheelbases, short and long, creating a real customized feel for the consumer. The biggest development comes in the introduction of four-wheel drive. Prior to this year, all of the Toyota trucks were two-wheel drive. From this point forward, the 4x2 and 4x4 trucks are a separate product line. Most major modifications from this point forward are the same between the 4x2 and the 4x4 unless otherwise noted. The big ex biggest exception to this is that the four-wheel drive model was only available in a four-speed manual transmission. It was modeled after the Land Cruiser with a solid front axle, leaf springs on all four wheels, and ru rugged time-tested frame. 
Aftermarket modification kits such as suspension and body lifts made the Toyota truck a huge hit with off-roaders. It also won several awards. Uh, the the four-wheel drive won several awards that year. Um, not going to go through and, and read those, but it it, uh, it was a huge hit when it was when it was launched here in the states. In 1981, the legendary 22R engine was added. Before that, it was a 20R. A few changes were made. Uh, it changed from round headlights. Or yes, from round headlights to square, uh, and also offered a one-touch tailgate. What they referred to as a one-touch tailgate. In 1982, uh, a five-speed manual transmission was finally available in uh, in the four-wheel drive trucks. Uh, 1985 was the last year for the solid axle front end mini truck, and uh, in 1986 they went to an IFS. Torsion bar IFS. 1984, based on the uh, truck platform, the the first Forerunner uh, was also introduced. They don't talk about that here, so I'm I'm kind of ad libbing that. But in 1984, when the Forerunner was introduced, um, along with that came the uh, the 22RE engine. Um, it was never uh, the Forerunner was never offered with a, a carbureted engine that that. That start that that began the uh, the uh, fuel injection. The pickup could get be be bought with a uh, with a 22R, um, I believe, until 1990. Uh, anyhow, I'll continue reading here or, or browsing over this. Um, the mini truck went through another body style change in uh, 1990 with a little more sleeker, a little rounder body. That carried on until. Until 1995, in mid-production year of 1995, Toyota released the Toyota Tacoma. The Tacoma was slightly bigger than uh, than the previous model. Um, it had coil-sprung IFS instead of the torsion bars, uh, along with uh, engine upgrades, more powerful engines, uh, a completely different V6. There was also a truck offered at that time called the T100 that eventually morphed into the Toyota Tundra. It was offered for the first time with a, uh, a standard driver's side airbag, high mount, stoplight, better side view mirrors, um, optional ABS, a, a ton of safety features that weren't available on the the earlier trucks, they they really made a huge leap into passenger comfort. Moving moving on a little bit, the uh, 1999 the the Tacoma Pre-Runner is available in a in a regular cab model with an automatic transmission, 2.4 2.7 liter four-cylinder engine. In 2001, uh, there was a a model change with aggressive new new styling change, which included new front face fascia. Featuring a vertical grill, raised hood, new multi-reflector headlamps, and jeweled tail lamps. A ton of other things that they were really moving uh, towards being more of a, a, a sportier style pickup. Also in 2001, the double cab was introduced. I'm trying to keep this going without without getting too boring here. The Forerunner followed uh, the Tacoma in suspension design. Um, also later when the FJ Cruiser was introduced. Uh, it also shared the uh, the same uh, undercarriage with the Tacoma, so there there have been several models built on on that same platform. So when there was major changes made to the Tacoma, there was also major changes made to uh, to the Forerunner. 
and uh, the FJ Cruiser stayed pretty much the same throughout its production, but the Tacoma is, I believe, Toyota's number one selling vehicle. Uh, I believe the only one that may outsell it is the Camry. Uh, it is by far, has, has by far become Toyota's most iconic vehicle, at least in the U.S. market. I don't have any sales numbers in front of me. We may do that on a later show uh, to kind of compare where it's, where it's at with everything else. Um, I know I kind of rambled through this stuff and, and, uh, it got a bit hurried and, and I didn't, uh, didn't get into to all the stuff that, that is available as far as information goes. But if you guys get bored and, and you want to look into this stuff, uh, like I said, uh, toyotaoffroad.com has a, a really good breakdown of, of when, uh, model year changes took place and, uh, Again, different options that were available and and uh, things that came out in particular particular year models and that kind of stuff. Um, maybe not everybody's as geeky about this stuff as I am, but uh, I enjoy enjoy learning it and and I really enjoyed taking some time the past few days to uh, to go through the the uh, the Land Cruiser stuff and and the to just uh, straight Toyota stuff and kind of find out. I, I knew quite a bit about the. Uh, the mini trucks and and forerunners and that kind of stuff. That's where my my interest, major interest, has has al always laid, and the vehicles that I've owned. So I tend to know uh, a little bit more about those than than I did the uh, the Land Cruiser stuff. But uh, found it all very interesting, and and I I hope that uh, that you guys do too. I, I I will try to get links to these two websites up in the show notes. And uh, they'll be on on the website toyotatrucksandtrails.com. If you guys wanna wanna come back and and look at this stuff, that would be uh, that would be awesome. I guess at at that, uh, Rich and I may may go over this stuff again at some point. Having somebody else to feed off of and get somebody else's opinion uh, throughout this stuff will will help a bunch. I realize that I'm kind of coming across as rambly here, and I apologize for that, but. If you guys have any interest in this, and there's tons of information all over the internet, so I, I just happened to find these two sites and, and found them both to be uh, very informative and, and well written and that sort of thing, and just wanted to take some time to uh, to share a little bit of this w with you. Okay, on that note, um, I want to uh, get into a little bit of uh, of listener feedback. We've we've had some some really nice comments on on the website. I believe Rich had some from iTunes, and I don't have access to that now, and he didn't didn't get it to me. But I wanted to take a minute to uh, to acknowledge the people that left some comments on on the website. Let me see here. We'll go by uh, order of appearance, I guess. If I if I butcher your name, I, I apologize. Um, JP uh, wrote great first podcast. Looking forward to the next ones. Good job, Brian Tonka Cruiser. Nice, looking forward to more. And uh, James wrote, great show. I was driving from Chattanooga to the Tri-Cities in my 2005 Forerunner Sport Edition while listening to the first episode. I just smiled and let that 2UZFEV8 growl a little more. Well, that that is awesome. Glad you guys enjoy have, have enjoyed the show, and, and I hope that you that you uh, keep listening and, and uh, that we can keep producing a, a, a product that that uh, you guys want to hear. Um, 
I, I don't want to let anybody down here, and, and we're doing the best that we can to uh, put out some, some good episodes and re- really hope that we can do it and that, that everybody gets a little bit of enjoyment out of this. One other thing that I wanted to do on this show uh, or on, on th- this podcast, I, I need to give a shout-out to, to a, a few people for, uh, for helping me get this show going. It's been a we, – we discussed it in, in the uh, uh, introductory episode that it's, it's taken a long time to, uh, to get this thing off the ground and get it moving. And uh, I, I really want to give a, give a shout-out to a couple of different guys. Um, one, uh, the, the first one would be Dan Cole. Uh, Dan hosts a podcast called the 4x4 Podcast. It, it, it is a great show, and Dan is a, is a great guy. Uh, it, it was the first off-road podcast that I started listening to, and uh, Dan has over 100 episodes out at this point. Um, he puts out a very quality show if you're into overlanding or adventure travel or, or that kind of stuff. His show sort of leans towards that. But uh, it's an absolutely terrific show. Um, give it a listen. You at all enjoy what we're doing here. Um, give it a shot. Uh, again, that's the the four by four podcast. And uh, if you guys could uh, could give Dan a little attention over there and, and that sort of thing, I, I would greatly appreciate it because he has been a been a huge help uh, to to me to get this show to get this show going. Uh, the next guy that I would like to give a shout out to would be uh, Mr. David Boyd. Um, David hosts another another podcast, and uh, I am brand loyal to a fault. Um, I, I love Toyotas. I have stated before that I, I couldn't imagine wheeling anything other than a Toyota. Now, with all that said, David David hosts a podcast called Nissan Nation. If you enjoy two guys talking. Uh, about automotive stuff and off-road stuff and just having a blast doing it and cutting up and joking and and that sort of thing between each other David and his and his co-host are they have it down pat they they do an awesome job and uh, Dan from the 4x4 podcast and, and David from Nissan Nation both of these guys have put up with with every question that I've asked them over the past couple of months uh, both of them have been nothing but encouraging and just uh, really, really stood behind me to help to help get this thing going. So uh, I wanted to, to say hey to those guys and, and say thank you very much. Um, one more guy that I, I need to give a, a shout out to is my co-host, Rich LaRusso. Rich has been a, a huge help in, in the, uh, the computer side of this stuff. I don't do all that great a job of talking, but I... He kind of took my ideas and, and ran with them. He helped me get the website set up and, and uh, has uh, just been a ton of help well beyond being a co-host. So, uh, Rich, you're not here tonight. Um, I miss you greatly. I don't look forward to doing this again by myself. I want you to know and, and want everybody else to know how much I appreciate everything that uh, that you've done. <clears throat> pardon me, that you've done since, since this whole thing started. So... Uh, with that being said, folks, I am going to, uh, I guess I'm going to promote the stuff I need to promote. Um, if you guys like the show, please go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review, please. It, it helps the show in search, res- search results. It helps the show in Google result- results. 
it it just makes a world of difference. So uh, if you could just just take a few minutes and and uh, go to iTunes and and give us a a like and a review and and if you want to subscribe to the show so it it automatically downloads to your to your device, um, that would be fantastic. Um, if you want to interact with us uh, at all, if you want to leave us a message, you can go to our website, uh, www.toyotatrucksandtrails.com, um, and leave us a comment on the website. Uh, the, the comments that I read tonight, that's where they came from, is, is from the website. So you can, uh, you can go there and leave us a comment, or you can send us an email at uh, toyotatrucksandtrails at gmail.com. Um, if you want to interact with us on Facebook, it is uh, Facebook slash T-T-A-T podcast, and that's with a lowercase a. If you guys want to get in touch with us, that, that's how to go about doing it, and uh, we really stressed it in the first episode, and, and I'm going to stress it again in, in this one, that uh, uh, listener feedback is, is a huge part of this. We, we really, really want to hear from you guys. Reach out to us. Tell, tell us how we're doing. Let us uh, let us know the good and the bad. On that note, I am gonna gonna call this episode one. Hopefully, Rich will be back next time, so uh, so it won't be just me droning along by myself, and and we can get a little bit better episode going. But uh, I I will call it quits with that. Um, thank you all for listening, and uh, again, however you go about it, get out and enjoy your Toyota.